A very warm welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards living a better life. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational messages and transformational stories out into the world so others may benefit. Hello listeners and welcome to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode, where today I'm joined by a young gentleman by the name of Ellis Wilkinson Denny, who lives in London in the UK. Hello Ellis, how are you my friend? I'm good, thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, everything's good. So what it is today, listeners, Ellis is, uh, as I say, <coughs> excuse me, is a young man of 17 and he's part of our Young World Game Changers. And what we're trying to do with this, we're trying to look at the world through the eyes of young people, because as we've identified before, listeners, the world is massively, massively different to, you know, to people. Let's just say that... Uh, or of a more senior generation like myself. And part of World Game Changers is to try and bridge that gap so that they understand elder, more senior people better and we understand younger people better because surely the world will be a better place as a result. So Ellis, in your thoughts, and they could be your own personal thoughts or they could be the thoughts of you, your peers, you know, young people generally, but what's the biggest issue that you find, um, you know, in terms of not being understood by people that are, well, more senior, older people? Um, I feel like it is something more to do with feelings and emotions. They'll kind of, I feel like it reads more to, like feelings and emotions. So when, um, say like oh I don't feel too good I might feel a little depressed or something like that you use just use certain words I feel like they sometimes say oh no you're too young to feel like that like they have a um opinion on age and how you should feel like oh just go live life be happy but I feel like there's a lot more that you should be able to kind of understand from when a child or anyone says they feel a certain type of way but they kind of I see as they kind of brush it off and says you're too young to be able to feel like that. So does that come across as patronising? It can do. Um, yeah, it, does, it can do because it's like you feel like you understand us, but we truly know that you don't. And we find it hard because you. it's not like you want to learn. You just kind of see it as this is how it is. You're young. I'm older. I've had, I got more experience on you, so you like yeah, kind of like that. Okay, and that, and that is it. Is it just as simple as that, Alice? Is there more to it than that? I mean, I'm not under underestimating that. I'm not belittling that in any way at all. But I'm just trying to get a picture because there is a massive gap, isn't there? There's a most massive definitely. gap. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, I don't feel like there's more to it, but it's kind of how. You won't truly understand someone unless you, you've seen their whole life story. Um, so as parents have helped you grow and help you become kind of who you are, they feel like they understand you and know you better than you know yourself. But at the same time, I see it as you haven't walked my shoes or walked my path to kind of see 
my outside life as when as when I'm with you. So you won't so you don't really know me. You you know a part of me. Kind of mm. like that. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. Somebody said something to me of a good few years ago, Ellis, around my own kids. And they said, they're not your possessions, you know. They're not possessions. They're not things you put up, pick up and then put down. You know, you've created a life. You've given them the most precious gift of life. And yes, as a parent, you nurture, you love, um, you protect. But it's also that having that space to let them grow as well, isn't it? And, and kind of fall over one or two times and graze the knees in life without, you know, wrapping them up in cotton wool and protecting, to them such, protecting them to such a degree that they can't breathe, they can't grow, they can't experience pain. And pain's okay. Just tell me, just tell me from your point of view. I mean, I've just made a statement there, Ellis, that pain is okay. How does that land with you as a young person? Uh, the understanding of pain, I guess, is very different for everyone. Um, I have people. Uh, yeah, the understanding of pain is very different um, throughout people. No one's pain is more significant or um, equal to someone else's pain. Everyone copes and deals with pain differently, as I see it. I know people um, that put their pain as their parents taking their phone away because they designed bad. And I know other people's pain as in their parents kicked them out. And it's like no one's pain is as equal and no one's pain is more significant, but everyone may feel a certain type of way when they do have a little bit of pain towards them. Mm. Why do you think, Ellis, I said that pain can be good? I'll rephrase it slightly. Pain can be good. Does, do, on the surface of it, do, do, are you thinking, what is he on about? Pain, he's on about pain can be good. Do you agree nah. with that? Disagree with it? No, nah, I do agree. Um, pain can actually help build character and kind of guide you and kind of like make the person who you can be. Like, say, as put it as like a young person getting a relationship and they get their heart broken they're not going to know what they don't want to feel unless they feel it and what they're not going to live and learn if they don't feel it so it's, it's meant to happen that's how life has kind of been planned um yeah honestly that's like that's like they say no pain no gain so <laughs> uh you have to live life and experience pain and happiness to actually reach your goals. Cause yeah. yeah, think of it like the stock market. You're gonna have ups and downs, but yeah, most of the time it's gonna go up and you're gonna get you're gonna get the um, the higher profit. Mm, it's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, so it's gonna go. It's gonna like you're gonna have your downs and you're gonna have your ups, but it's life. Good way of looking at it. Because the take I have on it is pain is good leverage to change. So, you know, if you put in your hand towards a fire and it starts to hurt, that's a way of saying, right, it's, it's painful now. So take your hand away, learn the lesson and move your hand. Because if you keep pushing your hand towards the fire, then you're really going to not have pain, but you're going to have suffering. 
and suffering is a different thing altogether. There is no, no merit at all in suffering, none whatsoever. So that's an interesting, yeah. I mean, do you know what's what's coming across here, Ellis, in this early uh, conversation, this this chat between us? There's actually an understanding and an alignment there in how we're, you know, we're looking at things. You pick a topic for me. You kind of throw something at me that means something in your world, rather than me just keep firing the questions or the situations at you. Yeah, and I was going to say real quick, um, our understanding. I feel like if you had this conversation with me last year, you wouldn't have heard as much as you just heard. I feel like maybe in the last year, I have gone through some things and it's kind of built me and kind of helped me gain knowledge of the world and actually helped me become a lot more mature and kind of a lot smarter. And it's got to points where sometimes I feel like people around me, like my age, were not on the same level. I don't want to put them down, but at the same time, I don't feel like we're at the same place mentally. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, my question for you, um, what kind of things do you think my generation face? Like kind of like distractions and like things that they might, might stop them from their motivation? What a great question. What a great question. Maybe, listeners, this is a stereotypical answer. I don't know. Let's not judge. I want to say that T word, Ellis, technology. I, I see so many people, young people, that are they are just immersed on their mobiles all the time. And on a humorous note, what fascinates me, and it makes me go wide-eyed, when I see how fast they can uh, type on the on the keyboard on the phone, that amazes me. It's like just slow down. I mean, <laughs> it just, I mean, why is that? I don't I don't know. Just tell me why that is, Ellis. Why why can young people? And I'm going to say young people as well because I've never seen anybody kind of over thirty five being able to like do, 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 and the message is gone in two seconds. Why is that? Is that speed of mind? Speed of thought? I guess it's kind of like muscle instinct now. Um, I can speak on this by myself because I do type very fast. And it's like, sometimes I can be looking at someone but still typing, it's like, it's muscle memory. Like I know where everything is. But at the same time, I do understand where you say technology, but I would put it more down to social media more than technology, even though they do have the same, they come from the same place, but I feel like, this generation's distraction and would be social media. Mm. Um, everyone has this like built up image who they want to be, but they're not really looking at themselves and looking at other people. Put it as like, um, there's a girl trying to be a sinner, but she wants to be Beyonce. She's never going to be Beyonce because she's her own person. And they kind of lose that and they want to be someone who they're not but they don't want to really work on themselves. They want to work on to be someone else. Mm. Yeah, it's a great way to look at it. Yeah, okay. It's a great question. I feel like I've not done, my answer's not done you justice, Alice. Let me think about no this a bit more. No, um, no because it, th these, these things, listeners, are really important. 
You know, I think, yeah, again, it's so, so easy for me to say as the podcast host, well, you know, I'm in control of the mic and, you know, and I can control the flow of this conversation, etc. But that's not, that's not what it's about. Surely it's about, you know, what, what we've just done there. So what is it through my eyes where this is the biggest gap? Um, maybe it's just too easy to hide behind technology or social media. Um, do you think that this is a big question in many respects? Do you think that what's the perception? And this is a, I know it's only a, f- a simple four letter word, Ellis, but what's the perception of this word love to the younger generation? What, what does that mean? And that's a massive question because, like you said earlier, it means, you know, like pain means different things to different people, as does love. Um, well, my experience with the word love, um, I've kind of stopped believing in it. Uh, I wouldn't say for many reasons, but like I, I've seen so many people throw the word around, and to me, it's just lost its value that is that it was meant to have. It's to the point where I can't even say good night, love you, mum, because I just. Personally, I just don't understand the meaning and I, and I don't want to say something I don't understand or I don't know the feeling of. It's like, I know my mom, I, I respect my mom and I care for her a lot. But at the same time, the word love is kind of just like disappeared for me because I don't, I, I don't know the feeling. And it doesn't, I, I just don't feel comfortable with it. Um, and I can put that to my generation where my generation... It's just made it out as like they be dating someone one day and next week they're dating a d- different person and they still say I love you blah blah blah, and it, to me it's just like it doesn't make sense. Like my generation, they don't even care about relationships anymore. Personally, as I see it, they just hook up, then they hook up again, and there's nothing really significant, and there's no like like respect anymore there's no there's, there's it's it's changed a lot and i i like to use it you know, i don't say i like to use it but it, it's come around a lot the, the word toxic it has become very like the word love has become very toxic where people think they can throw that word and it will fix everything um mm. but yeah because people say i love you one day and then they go cheat and it just doesn't make sense to me Mm. that's that's mainly my generation yeah how do you see that through your eyes personally Alice and then if you can sort of comment on behalf of your peers again how do you see the older generation and their attitude towards love are they more uh, and you used a great word earlier on respectful of it do they do you see a difference in terms of the way you feel and the way old, old more senior people act most definitely. Um, it's very different. Their relationships were lost in decades and and they're genuine. And I just feel like my generation are doing it just for the sake of doing it and more for the sexual benefits more than the actual feelings benefits. Mm. That's, if you don't mind me saying, Ellis, that's a very, very balanced view to have for... And I certainly hope this doesn't come across as patronising, but, you know, a young man 
That's a that's mm. a beautiful, beautiful, balanced view to have. Believe me, that's uh, yeah. Mm. But I suppose that I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna play. I'm gonna sort of um, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here, Alice. Um, yeah. When you see more senior people, yeah. Um, does that not inspire you to think? Maybe me as a young person, maybe I've got it wrong. Yeah. Um, with that, that's how I want it to be, and that's how I would love it to be. But at the same time, times have changed, and everyone, the children and the, the teenagers, and every, um, everyone to this day, it's not the same. Um, you could want something, but you're not going to, I don't feel like you're going to get anymore. It's going to be really hard to find that one genuine person that you really click with. Like you'll see the older generation, how they're so kind to each other. And then you might see that um, another, then our generation is like, it's very different and it's, it's hard to explain, but it's like, I, all I can say is that the, it's like times have changed. That's the main thing I can really say. Times have changed. Mm. Let's go back to that word respect. Times have changed. What's respect like generally, Ellis, peer to peer with young people generally? I see respect as fear now in our generation. That's, that's what I've kind of seen coming to. Uh, people respect people they fear. Um, so say if you was, yeah, so it's just kind of like you don't want to mess with a person you fear, so you respect them enough not to bother them, or um, respect as it's like when it was like, say respect from men to women and women to men is it's changed a lot, and I haven't seen it in a lot of my people, um, where guys. I've seen guys just treat women like, like disgusting me and it gets on my nerves. I'm, I get really confused. Like, why would you treat someone like that? Like, be honest with them. Why Why are you going to act like this with this girl, but still act the same with that girl with another girl? Like, just keep it to one. And then they get to me and like, oh, why are you being like that? I, just, I don't care. I'm like, okay. And I just leave them at it. But at the same time, I've seen it with females when they do the same, where like they don't want to talk to one person, they rather talk to multiple people. And it's just like my generation is instead of like being able to relate to one person, they want to relate to many. And it's kind of just mm -hmm. like, what's happened? Like, what happened to just treating one person and building a, a genuine bond with that one person? Hmm. Interesting. How do we start to bridge the gap, Ellis? You know, if you if you was to sort of you know if you knew me regularly as as um, you know say somebody in your life or or not necessarily in your life, but you knew of me as a yeah. as an older person, what would you be saying to me if I you know if I had a magic wand and you you know and you said to me, Paul, I want you to wave that magic wand and this to happen in terms of bridging that gap or making life more tolerant between, or yeah, bridging the gap actually is the right way to put it. What would, what would that look like to you, Alice? 
are you talking more with the just the generations understanding each other or is there like a key topic that you want everyone to be on the same page with no just generally to kind of as i say bridge that gap to you know because there is a massive amount of confusion misunderstanding call it what you will between the generation and between the generations i just can't maybe i'm oversimplifying it i just can't help but think so so unnecessary why don't people just talk to each other i feel like putting it all in at once is going to be very difficult for everyone to understand and i feel like for two generations to understand we should break it down in parts and kind of have the two people speak their views on, on the parts say i think it was mental health have two like the, the children mother our generation versus another generation can kind of speak their views on mental health and how it may affect them or how it is affecting them um say if it was uh technology both the they have their views and so they can kind of both understand each other's views without kind of be patronizing and kind of like attacking it's like you speak your views we speak our views so you can understand Mm. is that a generational thing though i mean isn't that just kind of people full stop irrespective of you know whatever label we've got young old whatever you know that that common decency that respects back to that word respect again isn't it just to say do you know what i value as a human being i don't care how you know how old you are or you know i i have a saying ellis and listeners have heard me say you know young old gay straight black white rich poor they're just labels to me they are irrelevant labels and i think if people can just connect and strip all those labels out and that's why i said you know How's this landing with you? Am I oversimplifying it? You know, here we are, you and I, a generation apart at least, maybe two. Um, but I feel there's a good connection. I really do. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so if me, you and I can do it, then why can't a thousand other Ellis's and a thousand other Pauls do it? You know, it's just, it's that acceptance, isn't it? To, to say, do you know what? I am going to make a bit of an effort because it's worth it. Yeah, no. That's the same thing. Not everyone thinks the same. And you kind of, you kind of like, you can't force people to think a certain way, but you want to like, just just like, just be like me, like think like me. Mm. And the world might become easier, but not everyone is as, what do you want to say, simple-minded, but not everyone is as like, I wouldn't even say intelligent, that's kind of kind of hard. But not everyone thinks in the same level as other people. Everyone kind of takes their paths and sticks to their path these uh, these days. Mm-hmm. Say as like a racist back in the day, I don't want to hear what you're saying. I'm gonna stick to what I believe and what I say. I don't believe these people should be here like that. Mm-hmm. They're gonna they don't wanna they're not their mind's not changing, they're not opening their mind, they're just keeping it to what they know. Mm. I want to bring it to a close there, Ellis. I want to thank you so much for for playing full out on this and sharing your views and sharing your insights. And I just want to close this, Ellis, by quoting 
an American lady called Anne Lamott. It's just something you said towards the end there about, you know, not everybody's like you and me and, you know, wanting to listen. But Anne Lamott said this, and I think it's a great saying, lighthouses don't go chasing all over the sea looking for ships to save. They just stand there and shine. Maybe that's what we've just been doing now, Alice, you and I. Maybe we've been shining and that light has been a, you know. Maybe you open minded. Yeah. Yeah, I see. <laughs> so there we have it, listeners. Immense gratitude to Alice for taking part in this. And uh, I'm sure there'll be other conversations that uh, Alice and I can share around. Uh, let's call it bridging the gap for now. And I'm going to sign off by saying, remember, Mastering the Game of Life starts by embracing our hearts. Thanks very much for listening to this Mastering the Game of Life podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at paul-low.com with any thoughts or questions you may have and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the game's ever-changing. How will you master it?